Hey, this is Kyle from the Babylon Bee, and you're listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. On today's episode, we sit down with Kyle from the Babylon Bee. Babylon Bee just released a brand new book called Guide to Gender. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. Fellas, there is a story... can't even get to the bottom of the ocean or figure out all the animals in the yeah, ocean. Yeah, yeah, right. And like, but we can find a molecule. We, we have animals walking around our planet, like the duckbill platypus and those. What are those blobfish or whatever they're called mm-hmm. swimming in the oceans? There ain't no way they discovered a molecule. <laughs> like, I'd be so impressed. I hundred percent believe it. 
100% believe that they found a molecule on the planet? Yes. It's from NASA, bro. Oh, they're they're for they're Boy. legit. Yeah, NASA. Yeah. Haven't you ever had like the astronaut everything ice cream? NASA? <laughs> Nothing NASA has put out was politically pushed or or I'm just saying, y'all. I mean, I there know. is a podcast out there. Um, BC is what it's called. <laughs> they, there's <laughs> a lot of evidence out there of this kind of stuff. Um, people from the military have, you know, caught it on camera. I mean, our military, um, Pentagon is trying to figure things out. Um, I'm just saying y'all, how, how far is a hundred and say 20 light years away? It's 120 light years. That's how, how far, far light travels in 120 years? Uh, I, I oh, yeah, I, driving you know. there. I know you can't drive up there, but driving in a car. Let's figure this out. How long would it take you to drive there? I mean, it depends on the kind of car you have. If you have a car that can go the speed of light, it'd be 120 years. <laughs> if you had a Tesla, you might have to pull over and charge. It depends on how fast you're going. If you're going 100, if you're going 100 light years, it's very far away. But what I'm saying is. Man of the 
says, Kyle, welcome to the show. Appreciate you trying. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, so we'll get right into it. Tell us just real quick about the synopsis, I guess, of how the Babylon Bee got started. Babylon Bee was founded in March of 2016, and it was kind of right during the 2016 election. Obviously, my person was feeling anxiety about that election in particular. And uh, we thought it was a good idea to kind of launch something that could communicate truth as a humor and satire. somewhat when it comes to art, comedy, movies, um, and we wanted something that kind of could kind of use that as a, as a, you know, means to communicate our worldview. At the same time, you know, we, we really wanted to launch something that was just fun and funny and, and, you know, maybe would have that broader appeal too, that a lot of people, you know, look for, for comedy and a comedy has so many, you know, applications, but one thing comedy does is it, points us to uh, something greater than ourselves and it helps us to <laughs> laugh in the midst of a dark time like the 2016 election felt like for a lot of us. Yeah. So we launched it and then we just put it up over, you know, overnight. It was kind of a viral, little mini viral success and it's just been going full steam ever since and we've been doing the same thing since then. Now, who was initially making, uh, like when you guys were first doing that, who was making the memes and the jokes? Was, that a, was there a, a certain group of people or who were those core people then? Uh, well, it's basically me and Adam Ford. Adam Ford was the founder of the website and, uh, I started writing for him on day one and it was the Babylon Bee for the first two years. A lot of it was my headlines and articles kind of filtered through Adam Ford's editing sense of humor. You know, his, he, he was pretty, he was fairly selective, which helped a lot because I would go crazy and write something nutty and, you know, he'd be able to say, no, no, we're not going to do that. And uh, <laughs> everybody needs a good editor like that. But it was a very small group. We did end up attracting kind of a small group of writers that would email in ideas or post them in like a Facebook group. Um, and it's still a fairly small crew, even though we've grown, you know, quite a bit in the last year or two. And we have a, a pretty big video production team now. It's still pretty much a very small core group of guys that um, that pitch the the majority of the headlines. From just a couple guys making memes together to being the reason Elon Musk buys Twitter, uh, that's you've come a long way, my friend. That was uh, not so. How good. long? How long was the Babylon Bee around before you started offending people? Was that pretty quick in the game? Before we started offending people, <laughs> yeah. Before people were like not getting the joke, you know, like before they were like, well, "Wait a second, you can't say that." The very first article I wrote offended people i wrote um the one that was like a holy spirit unable to move through congregation as fog machine breaks yeah that was our big, <laughs> yeah. our oh, first big classic. viral hit and we had angry emails angry grandmothers you know angry theologians we got a lot of flack for that so it was right early on and one thing we found out was it doesn't matter how silly the joke is that you write you know you can write something about christian ska bands in the 90s or something and someone is upset like that's always somebody's sacred cow <laughs> oh yeah i think it was one article you all put out about uh, elevation and doing their baptisms with the water slide <laughs> and a lot of people was like what is stephen furtick thinking i'm like guys for real <laughs> yeah they the church actually posted on their facebook page elevation church posted 
do not come to church this Sunday for the water slide. That was a (laughs) satirical article, you know. (laughs) So that's unreal when you see, you know, like you said, we're just guys. We're writing these satirical articles online. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like making national news headlines and stuff like that, which is absolutely wild. Well, like my brother said earlier, we got a chance to check the book out a little bit. Um, It's coming out September 19th. The the Babylon Bee Guide to Gender. Now, this uh, this book, if you want to get offended, then go ahead and read it. And if you want to laugh hysterical, <laughs> go ahead and read it. Uh, like I was, we were saying earlier, I read like two pages and I was just laughing so hard. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is what we need right now. Something <laughs> like there's a part in the book, I don't know what chapter, but you talk about the gender choices and selections and like the Dairy Queen, the Keto Gender one and... Those are, those are some great stuff. So tell us about the book that's coming out. Yeah. Do we all want to go around and say our pronouns or <laughs> we're just going to, I, mean, the, the, I always uh, leave that blank, you know, <laughs> open yeah. to imagination, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Babylon Bee Guide series has been a lot of fun. You know, we had an early book, uh, how to be a perfect Christian that was really, uh, like subculture focused and that's a you know, Christian subculture focus. And that was a lot of fun. But one of the things that we felt like we didn't fulfill with that book is it wasn't super visual. We didn't have a lot of graphics or charts. And, you know, we, we had pictured all these fun, you know, how-to guide stick figures. And so we finally, I think it was 2018, 2019, we launched um, the Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. And uh, that was our first guide in the series. And then we had the Babylon Bee Guide to Democracy. And now we've got the Babylon Bee Guide to Gender. Um, and with one more, to, at least one more that's going to follow next year. So we're, we have this fun series that's like, stick figure how-to illustrations and uh, lots yeah. of interactive guide stuff and all that. And so it was fun to take that and, and you know, apply it to the world of gender. It's a little hard, of course, because gender is a controversial topic and, you know, it's kind of a sensitive topic you got to be careful with in some areas. But we were, we hope it was something that, that you know, can offend people on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love, I was looking at the book and I, I love the illustrations you have. And I was just sitting there thinking, Man, I would have loved to have been a part of the meetings they had where they were initially coming up with the ideas and had the whiteboard and they were like, oh, we can do this. I would have loved to have seen those early sketches of the brainstorming that took place on those sketches. Oh, yeah. I've got some. I still have some. I think uh, I don't know if they're around here. I have some sketches of, you know, because I can't draw at all but I was writing most of the jokes for the book. And so I would I would like try to explain and I would type just words, you know a stick figure illustration of a, you know, potato gender man fighting a <laughs> dinosaur, you know, and then the um, illustrators would come over and they'd be like, I have no idea what you want. Yeah, um, what is that? Yeah. And so I would get a piece of paper out and with my terrible, like stick figure child drawing skills, you know, I would draw it and label <laughs> everything and then hand it to them. And then the, an hour later, they'd have this beautiful drawing. So that was, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But yeah, we had the great big meetings, everyone joking around. And that's always a blast here at the Battle Lobby. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it's, there's, there's a reason why you did stick figures. I mean, if you're not a good drawler, I mean, that's, that's the perfect place <laughs> to start. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I like that style of, you guys remember those old, um, like those old uh, Disney cartoons, like with Goofy, and he would be teaching you how to. Um, they had the voiceover guy that would like teach you how to swing yes. a baseball bat or something, and he'd yeah. be, like poorly demonstrate. I like that kind of mm-hmm. style. And the other one was uh, you guys ever play like the Portal video games? You know, they had those funny little 
uh, mm-hmm. stick figure instruction things of these stick figures dying in horrible ways. And it's like, do not stand in front yeah. of the machine. <laughs> you know, and like I always yeah. enjoyed that very dry, like corporate illustration style juxtaposed with some insane thing like gender theory. <laughs> yes. Well, it reminds me of those old uh, 90s, late 90s, like, what was it? The uh, those games like the. Uh, I don't know. There's there's a bunch of games with those little stick figures and everything. Oh like yeah, that. like stick figure fighting or you know like the stick yeah, figures fighting like each other and all that stuff. Yeah, there's like those animations and all, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you guys going to buy commercial air uh, commercial time on like MSNBC and stuff for your book? Yeah, Super Bowl. We've got the Super Bowl ad coming up. You know, <laughs> right, uh, all right. Big blimp going over Times Square. All of that stuff. So no, this is the best promotion that we have. The Christian music guys. So. There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah. Man. How much? Um, we'll invoice you later. It's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Kyle, how much um, hate mail do y'all get daily? Lots, lots. Like one of the favorites. The, one of our favorite segments on our on our weekly podcast is called Hate Mail, and we just read emails that come into the inbox and it's always insane uh just just the the number of and like i was saying before it's you get stuff from like crazy trump fans you get stuff from crazy people on the left Mm -hmm. you know old old church ladies you know bless their hearts that are upset about a church joke that you do and a lot of it is like people can't people can't tell the difference between like when you're you're making a joke about something and making fun of it and when you're just kind of using something as a vehicle for a joke, so like a joke is said in church and we're kind of making a lighthearted joke about this or that, they're like, why do you hate the church? Why do you hate Christians? Yeah. You know, you're like, that's not, that's not what, that's not what the joke yeah. is. Yeah. That's not yeah. the point. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I mean, that, I think that says a lot about kind of where we are, you know, in a state of our culture and stuff. But so what, like with the book and with your all's posts and stuff, why do you think, you know, it's in a way you're kind of holding up a mirror and people don't like what they see a lot of times, but why do you think sarcasm and, you know, being on the nose uh, gets so much attention like it does? Yeah. Um, Chesterton once said that humor gets in, humor can get in under the door while seriousness is still fumbling at the handle. And that's just like a perfect uh, encapsulation of what humor can do. Right. Cause it kind of arrests your attention and makes you do that double take. Like you're, scrolling your Facebook feed and you see all these horrible news headlines of everything that's happening every day. And then you see a Babylon B one and then maybe you keep scrolling and then you kind of do that double take and you go back and you're like, wait, what did that say? And you're, you know, you read it yeah. for a second. And you're like, Oh, it's Babylon B, you know, in that moment of levity of like, Oh man, that I thought it was real. You know, I think that, that, that delivers a lot of that humor, but that's, that's what satire is. And I like, you know, you said it's a mirror. I think that's exactly what it is. And sometimes I'll call satire like a funhouse mirror, you know, in a way, cause you do stretch and distort, aspects of somebody or the you know you're, you're making if you're making fun of the left you're, you're you're making fun of the left but it's like yeah not everybody on the left is as insane as you made them look or you make fun of a crazy trump supporter or something and you you're exaggerating a little bit but yeah. people who have a good sense of humor about themselves can laugh at that right because you can laugh the same way you laugh at a funhouse mirror that makes yeah, you your nose look a caricature yeah you understand that it's a caricature but people that are really sensitive you know, then they get exposed by satire <laughs> because they're like, yeah, I'm actually really sensitive about that thing that you're making fun of. <laughs> have you ever, have y'all ever had any corporation or, or person ever say, Hey, take that down about me or whatever. And got so offended. Um, yeah, we get, we get things from time to time, you know, if somebody is, uh, somebody threatening a, a takedown or a lawsuit or something, but I mean, uh, 
satire and comedy are pretty well protected by the First Amendment to the point where most lawyers won't even pursue a case right. like that. Um, they won't even take it on because they're just like, yeah, it's not even going to be worth it. Um, obviously, there are certain lines you can cross. And there are, there are some you know scary cases that have come down the pike like that. We wrote a, a, an amicus brief for the Supreme Court about that guy who, um, and The Onion did as well. He parodied his local uh, uh, police station with a satire page on Facebook, and the police arrested him. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, and then they went all the way up to the Supreme Court. He ended up losing; like they, was, they were allowed to arrest him for for satirizing the local police department. And there were some other considerations, yeah. like was he tricking people, and then and then people couldn't get emergency help because they were messaging him on Facebook instead of the cops or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But um, so there's some other side considerations, but there are some cases where that stuff can happen. So it is a little scary in terms of the of a uh, First Amendment, but generally, like. Generally, people don't really have much of a leg to stand on uh, with that kind of stuff. So it hasn't been too bad. Well, I know we, we're all excited for the book to come out. I am particularly excited when the um, audio book version comes out because I am an audio book person. I <laughs> cannot read a page. <laughs> I mean, I can read. I know how There's to pictures, read. Chris. There is pictures. Stick, stick people. <laughs> yeah, there are pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're excited for the audiobook as well. Um, you know, the, audio, uh, the audiobooks that they put out are really kind of, kind of funny because the publisher goes and gets a voice actor. And I don't, I don't know that they always know that it's a funny book, you know, so they read it yeah. very dry, but that's perfect. Like, I love that they just read it and they're like, gender, how would you like to change your gender? You know? <laughs> yeah, they should have, they're very yeah, serious about it. The uh, great person remember that movie, it's
Well, we are a Christian music podcast, and we, we reminisce often about music we've in church, some of our first concerts and things like that. What, what was your kind of contemporary Christian music trapped in the argyle prison <laughs> of death um and uh, yeah i remember heart of gold was the one that we had and for whatever reason you know my parents had it and so that was probably uh that's kind of the circles that i stuck with like i had like we did michael w smith we did stephen curtis chapman um when i got a little edgier you know i uh when i started to rebel a little i got like the newsboys tape oh. uh, take me to your to your leader <laughs> um i had that on cassette Rebel. I had Jesus Freak on cassette. Um, obviously, that was like that was the big revelation moment for all of us. Of course, yeah. with Jesus Freak. Um, there's a couple I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really know much about some of the '70s stuff, you know, like Keith Green and Larry Norman and uh, '60s '70s stuff. I, I, I wasn't really aware of that until later in life. Um, and there's yeah. a couple bands that I just entirely missed out on. Carmen, we talk about Carmen a lot on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I missed that entire phenomenon for whatever reason. My church, like the whole, we missed all of Carmen, you know, so I didn't really, so I've looked oh. back on that stuff now, just kind of fascinated that that ever existed. But um, yeah, that was kind of, you know, that was my journey. And then teenage years, uh, junior high, high school, I I was like huge Five Iron Frenzy fan. Um, MXPX was also my rebellious phase. Oh, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> super tones, you know, all that stuff. So I did all that. I did all the tooth and nail stuff at one point. And, and that was, that was kind of, I never, I didn't listen to secular music at all. Like I, I, I don't know that I wasn't allowed, but it was definitely like more encouraged to go towards this stuff. And I didn't mm-hmm. care. Like I didn't want to, I wasn't this kid who was like, Oh, I got to go sneak behind my parents back and listen to blink 182 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, I didn't, right. I, didn't yeah. I, I didn't, I never really had that urge to do that. So I, I and I was really happy with, like, I think there was some underground stuff in the Christian world that was great. Mm-hmm. Obviously the yeah. main, some of the mainstream CCM stuff was, was super cheesy, but you know, if you dug a little bit, there was, there was some really good stuff uh, under those labels that that's really cool. Even today, I think. Yeah. Did you ever listen to a band called squad five Oh, I was getting ready to say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember squad five Oh. Yeah, I, do, I remember that show. What was it called? G Rock on on TBN. Did you guys ever watch that? Oh yeah, it was like on. It was on like Saturday nights at one a.m. or midnight or something like that. And they would play like skate videos and surf videos, and then it, they would they would alternate between cool skateboarding videos, and then there would be like an evangelistic message of a cool youth pastor who's like, "Hey, you don't want to go to hell, do you? You know, you should you know <laughs> you should check out God." And then it would go to like a Five Iron Frenzy music video or something. And it was really trying to be cool for the kids. But yeah, I, I saw a lot of the like tooth and nail stuff, you know, Pro- uh, Project 86, Squad 50, uh, Stave Saker. Uh, all those guys were like on that show. And that's how I discovered a lot. Of, and those sampler, remember those sampler mm-hmm. discs that they would send out? I, oh, I remember tooth I and nail discovered samplers. a lot. Of, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, those are great. Yeah. The penalty was it songs from the penalty box. Yeah. I think that was one of their their samplers. Yeah. 
one of our. Uh, Do you got to say your your most the most favorite that you ever listened to was like Salty the Singing Songbook, obviously. and like the Donut Man, oh, like that was man. Those are Colby Colby the computer was <laughs> yes was big in our uh, house. What was yeah. what was the one about penguins? What a Christian thing about penguins? That was three two one three two, three, two one, one penguins. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was the uh, Phil Vischer's one that he he did after um, VeggieTales. Yeah. VeggieTales, yeah. Never really took off. <laughs> now, what about concerts? <laughs> what was what was some of uh, your early going concert experiences? Who was like, I did what, a is lot a of memorable like, one for you. I did a lot of local Christian band concerts, and they were. It was probably a lot of like new metal bands because that was like the easy thing to do was to just be new metal. You didn't really have to be able to sing mm. well. You know, you could just like yell or do, um, you know, like kind of those half rap. Yeah, Chris was a part of a couple of those. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so no offense, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I remember okay, yeah. I, my early concerts were like, uh, and I did. I saw MXPX when I was like in junior high, and that to me was like the coolest thing ever. Um, and then I saw uh, I some earlier, probably even earlier than that, I saw um, uh, Slick Shoes. You know, and I don't think they were very big, and there's not, not that they ever got huge, but. I don't think they were known at all at the time. <laughs> you know, like Slick Shoes was was one, and I did do the the Jesus Freak tour when Jesus Freak came out, and, and uh, you know my parents took me to the, the fair and we saw Jesus, the Jesus Freak tour, and I thought that was pretty damn awesome. we were we were pretty big. Uh, our band was pretty big.
years of whenever, like, I think the last episode was 10 years ago or something. Uh, maybe nine years ago. And I, uh, and I, so I just sat down and rewatched the whole thing, and it, I, was, I was blown away. It only took me a few weeks to sit down and watch the entire series because it was just that good. So probably yeah. worth it. What are your, have you had a chance to check out Better Call Saul? I did. I, so that's what inspired me to rewatch Breaking Bad is that I went through and I finally finished Better Call Saul. And then I was like, I couldn't remember all the references that they were, yeah. you know, they were referring back. So I went back. I liked Better Call Saul. I didn't think it was good Breaking Bad, but it was a little slower, but obviously it was just kind of a different tone. Yeah. Do you have a uh, favorite article that he's ever put out? Uh, you know, it's fun to look back at like the one that I, I mentioned earlier, the, my first article about the Holy Spirit unable to make your contributions there was the one we did during the pandemic it was like celebrities spell out we're all in this together with their yachts you know and we had this awesome photoshop of their all their yachts spelling out and it was like getting mistaken for real news on, yeah. <laughs> on all this on all these sites and that was a blast so yeah i'm all you know I, there's a, there's fun ones i i tend to gravitate towards the more uh, middle of the road general everyday life jokes or the uh church jokes some church, church church culture jokes are always my favorite is there a favorite on your podcast is there a favorite person that you'll call the dinner oh man uh it's been it's been a real wild experience i've got to interview elon musk twice which was <laughs> wild and insane you know that that even happened and he's just a super interesting person but i'm always nervous yeah you know when you interview yeah. a big name and you're like I don't want to screw up. So you're not really able to enjoy it <laughs> until yeah. afterwards. And then you're able to look back and go, oh, okay, I guess I didn't totally blow it. Um, but there's been some real, there's been some real dream interviews. Uh, we got to talk to Keith and Kristen Getty, which was, which was wild to, to interview people that's like, oh, I've been singing your songs for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's really yeah. cool. So, uh, you know, I still got some dream ones that I'd like to do some other Christian artists I'd love to do someday, but, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably it. You know, those are the surreal moments where you, you sit down and go, like you have an out-of-body experience where you're interviewing someone who's like a huge name to you or someone that you like grew up with. You know? And you're like, wow. We interviewed, uh, a couple times we interviewed Doug Tenable. We did the, the cover art for uh, the Fire and Frenzy albums. Mm. You know, did all the, the Earth from Jim comics and the Earth from Jim video games. And, stuff. and that, it's like, you drew like that stuff that I drew on my Trapper Keeper all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, did, That's pretty wild. Did Elon give you a free test? He hasn't. You know, Come on, man. I could, uh, yeah. I'll send him a DM and see what's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, need, all right. I need what about to your... X him real quick, I guess. In fact, I will X him. Yeah, on is that the new thing? Oh, X. X. Is that what we're saying? X. Uh, DM him on X. <laughs> yeah. He can't block you. No. Nope. Get rid of you it. Can't, you can't block. <laughs> That's right. Sure. <laughs> What's he gonna do? Uh, block me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? I like anything with big chunks of stuff in it, like big chunks of uh, peanut butter. That you know, it's like a little treasure hunt. You just digging and you're like yeah. going through, like oh, a big chunk of peanut butter or a big Reese's piece or a, you know, a cookie dough. Mm. Uh, the Ben and Jerry's one I used to like a lot was the uh, Chunky Monkey. I haven't got that in a long time. It has oh, yeah. the, the big chunk of chocolate and banana in there. Yeah. Anything oh, that's yeah. a little treasure. favorite podcast Christian Music Guys first time he's done a couple of he's being I, sarcastic I've been like well like you were like you were saying I've been doing the uh, I've been doing the uh, audio books a lot this year and so I started 
So I go on these trends where it's like for for a year, all I'll do is audiobooks. I don't do any podcasts, you know. And then I'll and then I'll, I'll take a break from audiobooks and then I'll go podcasts and then I do podcasts all year and I don't listen to a single. Book. <laughs> you know, when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm listening to weird stuff like uh, I, did, I did true crime stuff for a while. It actually starts to get you down. Just listening to stuff about people getting brutally murdered all the time. So I do I do weird nerd stuff like uh, board gaming podcasts and. You know, stuff like that, that's video game news or weird. You know, that's most of what I listen to, probably. Kyle, is there a favorite Bible verse that you have? Um, No. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I, it's a joke, guys. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not really. Um, You know... I don't know. I don't know about favorite. I like. Oh, is it Psalm Psalm forty six? The Psalm forty six ten has that line that's a "Be still and know that I am God." I'll be exalted. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. And uh, what I love about that verse is that people use it kind of wrong. <laughs> that they'll use it yeah. like "Be still" in the sense of like, um, just kind of the. So so it is a comforting verse, but people will use it comforting in kind of the wrong way. So they'll arrive at the right conclusion, but with the wrong kind of methodology. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, just be still. And you know, God is my a- Abba daddy and we're just hanging out. And, and it's like, if you read the whole passage of Psalm 46, it's like, I break the chariots and I lay the mountains right. low and I will destroy, you know, my enemies. <laughs> and so it's, it's like God saying I am all powerful and I will destroy my enemies and I will be exalted. So the be still is like stand still in fear because I will be exalted. Yeah. And I, I, and as obviously if you're, if you're an enemy of God, then that's a very fearful way in a, if, if you're a friend of God, you know, and, and you're redeemed, then it's a, then it's a comforting be still, but still, you know, a little bit of fear there. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I, I like to, I like any verse that really elevates the majesty of God, like like all of the Psalms, obviously. Yeah. Well well, Kyle, we're fans of um of the bee and and we wanted to help you guys out. So we put our heads together to kind of help you out with your next uh your next headline uh, for okay. the Babylon B. And we uh we went on chat GPT. I love when people pitch we, me unsolicited headlines. Listen, so. we love, yeah. well, we didn't do it actually. I can't take credit. We went on chat GPT because we're fascinated with AI and we love messing around with it. So we asked yeah, chat right. GPT to come up with the next viral Babylon B headline. And this is what it gave All us. Right. I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. It says the Pope announces a new confession app with personalized absolution messages. Elon Musk offers to send sinners to Mars instead. What are your thoughts? That's one headline. Yeah, that's in the comedy business. That's what we call putting a hat on a hat, which is yeah. you, you don't want to like this is the most common mistake I see, by the way, with headline pitches that someone writes and sends in is mm. they like they'll write a headline and it's short and succinct. And then they're like, oh, but what if we also have a joke about Elon Musk in there and makes it twice as good? But you, comedy doesn't work that way. <laughs> like you need to have a clear. This is the punchline. This is where people should be laughing. Oh, and man. yeah, so like that. Like I kind of tracked. I didn't. I don't really even get the first half of it. But it at least there was kind of a stopping point, and then they're like, and then Elon Musk does this. Other yeah. yeah. It's like your friend who's telling a joke, and he's like, and then this happened. And you're like, so what if AI still has some ways to go? Yeah. My job is safe for now. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's that should be comforting. Yeah, so we you, have you can a, be uh, still. You know?
we have a ton of like music that's getting blasted. You know, pe- people will be working headphones in and listening to their own stuff. But we don't have a ton of studies, but I do have a record player um, in my office, and sometimes I'll I'll spin some records, and I have uh, I, here I have mostly like I think I have a couple Led Zeppelin records, and I have um, I have a few Beach Boys records, and maybe a Beatles record. So this kind of just old you know hard rock and, and pop that I have here. Uh, people here have a wide the divide like some of us grew up in the christian music world and you know my uh, one of my friends that was here he just gave me a signed all together separate poster and uh, so i was all together separate you guys remember them yeah they were like the, the, the drew shirley from that wasn't switchfoot was in that band yeah. first and so that was one of, that was also one of my early shows but that's like but and then you'll We'll write a joke or a sketch or a headline that'll have an old Christian music reference, and then like half the people here at the Babylon Bee are like, "I have no idea what that's talking about," <laughs> and those are the people who did not grow up in the like church music culture. So it's just such a such a funny like stark divide <laughs> in the office. All right. Well, so besides the book that's coming out in September of eighteen, what is next for Babylon Bee? How can our listeners keep up? Yeah, well, we appreciate, you know, people following, subscribing, and supporting our, uh, we have a subscription service that people can go on at babylonbeat.com slash plans, and they can support us, you know, find them, and whatever kind of Patreon-style model, get a little bonus content, we'll find scenes, content, making up the headlines, all that kind of fun stuff, and it's, we've been blown away by the support, we really love all our subscribers, and we like interacting with them, and that kind but yeah, we're working on a lot of fun stuff right now, you know, a lot of video projects, Looking at maybe some longer form stuff, you know, is it, is it possible to do a longer episode of a show or feature length style stuff? And we're just exploring nothing solid, but we're exploring options in that area right now. So that's been a lot of fun. And yeah. and you have Babylon B Guide series, Guide to Gender, and then we've got another guide uh, unannounced so far that's coming out uh, next year. I'm just saying, some of your all's articles would, would be great movies. <laughs> I know. I wrote I wrote a movie pitch for. We had an early article that was like. Um, <laughs> Well, there's a couple. So there was the one that was like, uh, uh, like a homeless guy wanders into the church. It was like, it was like, uh, youth pastor revealed to be homeless guy who just wandered in, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. And we thought that would make a fun movie. Uh, just a homeless guy that comes in, he's mistaken for the youth pastor. Um, and then we had one that was like a Christian. You know, I don't remember the exact headline, but we the the movie pitch it got turned into was like a Christian band that goes mainstream on accident because everybody thinks their song is like a sexy romance song, <laughs> but it's really like a worship <laughs> song, you know, kind of that South yes. Park faith plus one thing, but more like uh, it happened on accident and they're yeah. trying to like navigate this newfound success. And so that was a fun. One. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kyle, like if you think about it and we won't have to name any names or anything, but there, there's a lot of Christian films out there that are, that are dramas and there's only maybe one or two Christian films that are funny. And so I think that would be that would be great to have more, well, you know, comedies that would be satire, but also be funny and, and you know, and good, safe for the family or or whatever. But I think that would be great. 
A lot of Christian films are funny, but not intentional. Not, yeah, yeah, not on purpose. Yeah, no, you're yeah. A, you're absolutely right, and that's a, that's been the challenge. Like, how do you do it well? You know, and I, I think that yeah. I think it is a creative challenge, and not just that Christians are bad at making movies, even though a lot of times Christians are bad at making movies. It is a real big creative challenge to to write a movie that's like that that walks the line between. Like, obviously, you have to revere the sacred, you know, of God and the church and Jesus and the Bible, while at the same time making light fun of the way that we uh, fail to live up to all those things, you know. And so that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's where the Babylon Bee has found success is like, we write a joke about the church, but it's clear that we love the church. Right. And a lot of times, if you're writing a joke, if you're writing a movie or a joke or a sketch about Christians, it can come off mean, you know. So you have, you have to figure out how do you make it not preachy but not mean. And you have to like <laughs> walk that line. It, it is tough. Yeah. It, it's a yeah. real challenge for sure. Yeah. Well, something that we always like to do with our guests at the very end, um, we'd like to ask you if you'd be willing to share something that God has been doing in your life, maybe even recently that would help build our listeners faith. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that that I think I've been learning over the last year or two is like just the I, I, I've been reading a lot of like Chesterton and Lewis and just the uh, the importance of ordinary everyday faithfulness and the miracle that is like today that God has given us today. Um, I was reading Chesterton's Orthodoxy this morning, you know, and he talks about how like the sun is a gift and the moon is a gift and the flowers are a gift and we don't like he he says he he has an interesting turn of phrase but it's like he looks at every individual person and says and like gasps you know it's like i'm sure he didn't actually do this or he'd be a big weirdo but he's like i'm shocked every time i see a person and i think that person almost never existed you know (laughs) like he just just was always struck by the wonder of everyday life and I, I, I'm trying to kind of cultivate that in myself because I think it's so easy, even at a fun job like the Babylon Bee where I tell jokes, it's easy to get, you know just kind of get into the monotony and not take a step back and realize how much we have to be thankful for um, on an everyday basis, you know. And I used to another thing is I used to be in the uh, I used to be a co-pastor of a church, and I also helped out with the worship and I did all of that stuff. And then I moved to the Babylon Bee and I stepped away from a lot of that stuff. And so I've been learning really the value of like just being an ordinary everyday church goer you know who shows up <laughs> and it's like yeah. sometimes the best spiritual battle i can fight is like i got my kids dressed and we showed up to church we were 15 minutes late but we're here you know right <laughs> like yeah. i think there's there's like a spiritual battle that happens there and i've really grown to grown to appreciate how important it is to just have that to cultivate that ordinary faithfulness and see that spiritual battle and that stuff so sorry it's a little rambly but you know that's some of the stuff i've been thinking about lately Kyle, thank you so much, man, for uh, taking the time and chatting with us. And uh, the Babylon Bee Guide to Gender will be on September 19th. Uh, where can people pick up a coffee? Coffee. coffee. <laughs> a coffee. <laughs> okay. well, on your website, Amazon, I guess Barnes & Nobles and stuff may, might have them. Or... You can get a, a coffee at your local uh, church. <laughs> yeah. Jehovah, Jehovah. Yeah, the book's available, you know, on all all websites, Amazon until Amazon bans it. Or, uh, it's also 